Tōkana te rangi e tū nei whakatikatika te tuaranu i opaia, kurua tipua, kurua tahito. Ka tokona e tāne ko toko maunga rangi hikitia rangi hapaenga e tū ko te rangi e tū nei me te papa e takuto nei. A tū mau mai te rā e tū nei i a tamai waho i a tamau kotahi i te putanga a tamai te rangi tā more more nui, i te putanga a tamai te rangi tū hā hā, heke i hoi a rangi nui e tū i honei. Fiti fiti nuku, fiti fiti rangi, fiti fiti papa, fiti fiti tau, tū te māhora nui, tū te māhora roa, tū te māhora nui āte e tū nei, tāwhia kia rehua, kia tamai waho, haumi e, hui e, tāai ki e. E aku nui, e aku rahi, e aku whakatamarahi ki te rangi, tēnā rā tātou katoa. E mihi kā tikana, kia rangi nui e tū i honei, kia papa tū ānuku e takotoa kenei. Nā tā rāua noho tahitanga, ka puta mai ai ku te whaiao, ku te ao mārama. A, ka tahuri atu rao hoku whakaaro ki a rātou mai ngā tini aitua o te wā. Koutou koe karangahia e tahu kūmea e tahu whakaero, haere, haere, whakangaro atu rā. Hoki ora mai rā ki a tātou te aitanga a tiki, tātou koe rau i ka mai nei i raro i te tuanui o tō tātou nei whare o tūranga. Tēnei rā te reo o ngaitua huriri e whakamāno atu nei ki a koutou katoa, nau mai, hara mai, tauti mai. Nau mai, hara mai ki tēnei o ngā kātūranga, E whakatairanga, e whakanui ana i tēne o ngā pukapuka, e ki ana ko Aotearoa tātou. Kāre au e tōru i ngā kōrero, hioi e tika ana kia mehia koutou, ngā kaitoi, koutou ngā ringatuhi, kua whai wāhi ki tēne o ngā kaupapa whakahirahira. O tira tēnei rā mātou o te haukainga nei o ngaitua huriri e whakamāno atu nei. Nō reira tēnā tātou katoa. Kia ora everyone, on behalf of Ngaitua Huriri, the local mana whenua group here within the Greater Christchurch region, want to extend a warm welcome to each and every one of you to this very special place for us, Tūranga, and in particular want to acknowledge the completion of this anthology and want to particularly pay tribute to those that have had a hand in crafting uh, the works that have been uh, combined into this book, but also uh, to talk about uh, the fact that the society we live in today uh, has had its number of, sheer number of trials and tribulations of late. Uh, and the beginnings of this anthology uh, actually started with uh, a quote from our Prime Minister, uh, Jacinda Ardern. And it brings together fiction, non-fiction, arts, uh, pieces of art rather, uh, Poetry, prose, all together in one compendium, uh, posing the question uh, of the editors, what does it mean to be a Kiwi? Ko Aotearoa tātou, this is us, we are New Zealand. Uh, nō reira, uh, tēnei au uh, e whakamāno atu nei ki a koutou, i runga anoi te whakaaro, ko tahi tonu te tikanga o mātou o te haukainga o ngai tua huriri, ki a ta whai ki te iwi. Uh, and... Funnily enough, the Prime Minister's uh, sentiments um, can be summed up in a phrase by uh, the very first Upokorunanga, Peter Tilhori of Ngaitua Huriri. Uh, there was a, a dispute around a piece of land known as Little Hagley Park, uh, and uh, some of my uh, tipuna were ready to bear arms and uh, take on the colonial powers of the time. Uh, the chief Upokorunanga at the time, Peter Tilhori, instructed his people, kia te whai ki te iwi, uh, care for the people. 
Uh, and so I think uh, in terms of the society we live in today, uh, we should all take heed of those words. Kia te whai ki te iwi, uh, tētahi ki tētahi. Uh, care for one another and show love and compassion to one another. Uh, so again, on behalf of Ngai Tuahuriri, I want to congratulate everyone that's uh, played a part in crafting uh, this compendium. But I also want to acknowledge everyone that's travelled from near and afar. Nō reira, kā reo e tōru inga kōrero, hioi, tēnā koutou katoa. Solo song, so generally I'd have the aunties up here on the stage with me, uh, but uh, unfortunately they couldn't make it tonight uh, due to a tangi out at the marae. Uh, hence you're stuck with me and my very uh, low drones, but... Katsu te chichi, tautahi te ahuri huri e te ki akawania rehuarai te uru whakatopa o parirau i ka piki i ka hekei Hoki a ki tō mauka haiwhaka tipu haiwhaka ora Mau ki te mana wa tītī Mau ki te mana wa whenuai Hoki mai, hoki mai, kia whiti ai, kia mau ki te aroha e maukaha tūkaha, auraki matatū e. For those of you that don't uh, speak te reo, uh, that song talks about uh, the titi or the mutton bird. Uh, and its travels uh, around the world. It actually migrates from uh, the Mud and Bird Islands south of uh, the South Island uh, over to Monterey Bay in uh, California uh, before heading off towards uh, Japan. And uh, it talks about the fledgling uh, titi uh, having to learn how to uh, adapt to significant changes and no matter what, constantly spread its wings and be proud. I'm Paula Morris, injured but not defeated. I'm from Natiwai, further north. Now, with Michelle Alvey and Jim Norcliffe, I'm one of the editors of Ko Aotearoa Tato. Thank you all very much for joining us for the launch of this special book. The anthology is, as Corbin was saying, of uh, new creative work by New Zealanders, poetry, fiction, and creative non-fiction. It is dedicated to the 51 people killed in the mosque attacks here in Christchurch last March and to the many other victims and their families. And this violation was the starting point for the book. And it was a place, as you know, of pain, of grief, and of national shame. Now, in our introduction, we quote Jacinda Ardern, as as Corbin said, because he has really nicked half of my script. Um, We are all New Zealanders. And in our introduction, we talk about that as a rebuke to hatred and divisiveness. But we also begin the anthology with the poem Massacre by Tusiata Avia and the way she challenges New Zealanders to confront the shadows of our own culture was very interesting to us. 
She writes, you are watching that individual from Australia. You are saying to me, he isn't us, but I grew up with him. We are all implicated, she's saying. Too often we've been silent. Too often we've looked away. Ignorance has been bliss. Now, when Michelle Elvey had the vision for this anthology, where are you, Michelle? Thank you, really. I'm an auntie now. Um, when, when Michelle had the vision for this anthology, the co-papa was about including, to seek out the multiplicity of voices that enrich Aotearoa New Zealand. And I must pay tribute to Michelle and to Jim for their belief in what turned out to be a very big project. And I also thank you for welcoming me into, into the editorial team, quite reluctantly, but there I was. <laughs> And together we roamed geographically and creatively, seeking and discovering. What is New Zealand now? How do our writers and artists see it, interrogate it, celebrate it, bemoan it? How do our, how do our writers subvert expectations and confront readers with different experiences, different points of view? How many places is this one country? What are we now? And what might we become? So we three editors thank Rachel Scott and Otago University Press for their unwavering support and the beautiful job they've done in designing and producing this anthology. I hope you've all seen it already. It is beautiful. We also remain in awe of the talents of our poet laureate, David Eggleton, who selected the visual art for the book and will speak to you in just a moment. And we also want to thank Creative for New Zealand, especially as I saw Malcolm Burgess arrive, so we better remember to mention them. Um, the Creative New Zealand grant made it possible for us to pay every single writer and artist in the anthology. So thank you very much. Now, this evening is it evening. Um, we will hear very briefly from a number of writers featured in Ko Aotearoa Tato. Some are local, some have travelled here, like me, from other parts of New Zealand. Other writers who are featured in the anthology are here tonight as well, and I'm delighted to see them in the audience. I saw Melanie Kwang down there. I saw Nima Singh over there. I'm sure there are others of you. Now, um, after this event, when you go to buy a stack of books just outside, which I know you'll want to do, make sure you ask these writers to sign them. I do want to say that some of the writers in our anthology are very young and some are publishing in print for the first time. So we have famous names, emerging voices, all sorts of people. And one of them, one of our very youngest is here tonight. Uh, this year's head girl at Burnside High School. Are you familiar with that place? Is it like a ball really? I have no idea. Ewen Wong, and she will be our final reader today. Uh, now, Tusiata Avia was supposed to be here tonight too, to read her poem that I quoted earlier, but she is very unwell. So we send her our love across the green treetops tree of Christchurch. What a beautiful city this is. Now the writer's reading tonight in this order with me sitting on that chair like an old biddy in the corner. I'm afraid I can't do the stairs. So the writer's reading will be in this order. Gillian Sullivan, Vera Dong, Gazala Goldbach, David Gregory, Donna Miles Mojab, Mohammed Hassan, Selena Tusitala Marsh, SMA Ranapiri, and Ewen Wong. I will appear briefly again at the end to basically hustle you off the premises. Um, but first, let me hand over to another one of our writers, Hanif Kwasi, and then to David Eggleton. Kia ora, kia ora, Hanif, come up here. I'll just limp away. Just 
I'm Hanif Qazi, Kiora. Hello and assalamu alaikum. I have a few thoughts about Masjid Al-Nur that I want to share with you. I moved here from Peshawar, Pakistan as a postgraduate student in 1967. Back then we had no community, no mosque, and no graveyard for Muslims. A decade later in 1977, an elderly refugee from Uganda passed away in the hospital. He had requested a Muslim burial. The hospital chaplain knew of our cultural tradition. He understood that when there is a funeral in the neighborhood, it is obligatory on every Muslim to attend. The city council allotted plot number 18 in the Linwood Cemetery for Muslim burials. We had no idea then, but the stage was set for a bright new chapter in the lives of Muslim in Aotearoa, New Zealand. In 1982, a set of international students raised funds and initiated the Anur Mas project. Both Muslim and non-Muslim got excited as we watched the early clearing of the land and the new structure. This was an emerging landmark on the rim of Hegley Park. The Christchurch Press underscore significance of this, saying the city mosque will promote understanding of Islam. My scientist colleague from the Department of Scientific and Industrial Research at Lincoln planted a maple tree at the entrance of the mosque, representing a peaceful retreat and a great blessing. Neighbors visualized the dome and minaret of the mosque to brighten the horizon over Rickerton. Our dreams were shattered by a lone terrorist in March 2019, 37 years after breaking ground on this site when worshippers were targeted in a closed-door shooting rig, killing 51 and injuring 49 others. Some escaped the volley of bullets by climbing the maple tree and vaulting over the boundary wall. The neighborhood was a battleground. Our society was in pain. But New Zealanders would not let this stand. The reaction from across the country was swept. Flowers, candles, and tears of support came pouring in. School children held vigils and haka to mourn their fellow students. Empathy and aroha for the Muslim community crossed all limits. I saw firsthand how people responded with generosity. On March 16, 2019, when I missed the early morning flight from Palmerston North to Christchurch, I went to the local New World supermarket to purchase flowers for expressing my grief. The, the florist said, 
white and yellow flowers are popular, but the manager has advised me to keep it simple and affordable. The bouquet I usually bought for $15 cost me only $3. When I went to place the flowers at the gate of Palmerston North Mosque, a woman with a bouquet in her hands turned to me and sobbed on my shoulder, a genuine display of Kiwi Aroha. Then when we arrived at Christchurch Airport in the afternoon, the taxi driver who took us to the Vino of the Public Morning at Hagley College Community Center refused to accept money for the fare. I always wanted to acknowledge the general public, the state agencies, and the volunteer services for sharing our pain of that day in Christchurch and for help, helping to strengthen this community. And now we have this book in our hand. Michelle, Paula, and James, you have further strengthened the community with your hearts, launching Ko Atiaroa Tattoo, We Are New Zealand. We thank you all. Thank you. Kiora Kotu Kotoa, not a Maori, Molo Elele. I'm David from the Poet Laureate, which is why I've got this. My Toko Toko. I told them at the Matahiwi Marae when I received this a couple of weekends ago that it's my duty for the next couple of years to lead the big parade of poets with this, because New Zealand's got many, many great poets. It's called Te Kore, The Void, and it's from which. Uh, the cycles of life and death emerge and return to eternity, te kore, the void. Um, so I was a late addition to join uh, Michelle, Paula and James in putting together this landmark anthology. Um, I sort of came on board um, when they were thinking that needed a visual component. Um, I, I, I was aware of the anthology um, through discussions with Michelle, who initiated the project. Um, and then um, I agreed that I would help to choose the visual art because quite a, there were quite a few submissions being sent in. Um, from Claire Banyan's Memorial Mandala on the cover to uh, Leafa Wilson's Pastel Cloud Spelling Home in the Sky. These works are about sharing, um, from Israel Birch's stainless steel sculptural work marking the separation of day, te ao, from night, te po, to young uh, Zaina Hilal's sketch declaring we are one people and all the other iconic images of New Zealanders in this book. Um, they help to mark a shared nation, our common ground, unity and diversity, the celebration of difference, remembrance of the tragedy of trauma. Um, so I, I wanted, uh, from all the works that were sent in, I wanted to make a selection, but I thought that we needed a wider representation. Uh, and so I invited a few other artists to make something multifarious, eclectic, and yet um, saying, as Zaina's drawing does, that we are all one. 
Um, because art is passionately complicated, like the best of life itself. Art seeks to remember and affirm and celebrate um, and ask you to pause and contemplate so that understanding and communion can begin hope and aroha. So in the end, I chose around 30, 32 works of art to help say, ko aotearoa tato, we are New Zealand. Thank you. Now to the readers. Thank you. My name is Gillian Sullivan. <clears throat> this is a poem called The Nevis. The Nevis River is the, um, holds the highest protection of order that a river can have in New Zealand. It will forever be in its natural state. And two weeks after the mosque attack, uh, we went up to see that water that's so pure. Nevis. In all that golden plain, the golden hills and the rosehip scarlet on thorn, a blue river. Nothing we have made or earned or paid for or desired or dreamt or believed we had a right to equals this. Water taking its own path of least resistance, free as any hawk to glide talon-shined and spangled, or swift as any skylark rippling on air. We know we long for such clarity of direction, transparency right down to bedrock. Why then, if we cannot stand beside the hurl and skitter and say, this is us too, do we believe we are the chosen? The river is our hidden, forgotten barometer, pulsing behind the town whose back is turned against it. Do you hear that call? It is a bird falling on light. Thank you. Mm. Yes, I'm, I'm Vera Dong. I grew up in China in 1960s and 70s. I immigrated to New Zealand uh, seven years ago, and I'm absolutely overwhelmed to be here today. And all the encouragement, care, and support from everyone through the journey. The first day of my divorce, with first sunrise shimmering in her hair, Mother arrived at my gate with one oversized suitcase filled with food and guilt. Have more sleep. I'll bring breakfast to your bed. I'm already awake. Let's eat together. As mother hurried into the kitchen, I smelled soft jasmine soap and fresh black hair dye. Soon, steam rose from my favorite rice porridge. Mother left her father when I was little. Every misstep I made, she blamed herself. We sat and ate warm white porridge from blue-white porcelain bowls, a blue-painted girl at the bottom of each bowl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll read, I'll read the Chinese version of it, too. Li Hun Di Yi Tian. 
。清早，母亲站在了我家门旁，阳光洒满她依然浓密的黑发。超大旅行箱中满是我爱的食材与他的负罪。多睡一会儿，做好早饭端到你房间，他说。我早醒了，一起吃吧，我答。母亲匆忙去了厨房，转身间，我闻到她发端熟悉的茉莉花香，还有新鲜染料的味道。母亲很早离开了父亲，女儿所有的不如意都是她的错。很快，裹着米香的水汽从浓稠的米粥中悠悠升起。我们面对面坐着，喝着温润的米粥。我低下头。盯着碗底那位端坐着的青花女孩。Thank you. Thank you. Kia ora, my name is Gazale Golbash,、um, and I'm reading an essay called "Hyphenated Identity." Which looks at、um, some of the challenges I had growing up in Auckland as an Iranian child、um, slash immigrant slash so many words.、Um, okay, <clears throat> in 1998, my final year of high school at Westlake Girls on Auckland's North Shore, my bursary subjects included photography. My year-long project was an attempt to unconsciously mimic what Shirin Nishat had done with her photo series *Woman of Allah*. That is to reconnect with my culture. Unlike Nishat, I was completely ignorant of this culture. Advised by my American art teacher, who had recently returned from Afghanistan, I photographed a friend wearing the full burqa as a comment on the oppression of women in the Middle East. The photographs featured a mixture of Orientalist tropes, such as the unnamed figure in a burqa lounging in front of a Persian carpet, as if reclining in a harem, imitating 19th-century European paintings of the Orient, and a veiled figure holding an old-fashioned metal jug or large serving plate. Around the images, I wrote、uh, Persian words such as "zan" (woman) and "dohda" (girl). I also added invented lines and shapes that were not of any language but looked Persian. I wanted to appease my audience, or at least meet a New Zealand examiner's expectations. It worked. I <laughs> I received a high mark and an A bursary. In hindsight, this project was a confusing mess, a mixture of Orientalist imagery and generalised stereotypes of a fictional Orient, and an attempted subversion of these by including a figure barely seen in New Zealand art at that time, the veiled woman from the Middle East. I see it as an early example of my challenges around understanding and representing Iranian identities without pandering to preconceived images. In a way, much like Nishat herself. Thank you. David Gregory. My family and I are immigrants to New Zealand. Call Eator Eatiaro Atato. Now, I think you'll all know this title. Are we there yet? 
Are we there yet? A fine sieve in the sky today, giving us a dust of drizzle to powder our hair. It is all less clear than normal when it is possible to see emptiness approaching from a great distance. Mountains above our adolescence, where we make the same out of molehills. We hold the hand of large ideas, big as parents, and so many years away from understanding. Thank you. Uh, hello, my name is Donna Miles. Um, I'm a journalist um, and a columnist for the press, um, Scottish-born Iranian Kiwi. Um, my writing is on love. We all knew it was an important day. Mum had been talking endlessly about it for eight years. Sometimes sitting at her kitchen table, she would point to the empty chair next to her and say, one day Negin will be sitting right here eating, chatting and laughing with us. Other times she would ask in a sudden panic, what if something happens to me and I never get to see Negin again? Negin is my sister, mum's eldest child. She's the one mum said clung to her most as a toddler. She's the one who 23 years ago mum couldn't visit in San Francisco for the birth of her daughter because back then mum lived in Iran and the US refused to issue her a visitor's visa. I was with mum at the American consulate in London when the officer stabbed her visa application with a red rejected stamp. Mum quivered with disbelief at the cruelty of it, tears in her eyes. Her rejected visa meant that she could not be there for her beloved Negin when she needed her the most or hold her beloved first grandchild. Her rejected visa meant separation, sadness, and trauma. Mom's subsequent visa applications to the U.S. to see Negin and her family were successful, but always meant filling in long, tedious, long, tedious application forms and submitting piles of paperwork and documentation. Mom finally left Iran and immigrated to New Zealand in 2008 to be with me and my family. I'm the youngest of her four children. After years of living in London, my Kibi husband and I decided to move to New Zealand so we could give her newborn child, our newborn child, the best start in life. My, my um, twin sister and my brother live in London and Negan is still in California. I never forget how proud and excited mom was when in March 2017, she became a New Zealand citizen. I understood why her what her citizenship meant to her. It meant no begging for visas. It meant security. It meant permanence. Above all, it meant a home in a peaceful country. Living in New Zealand also meant a huge geographical separation from family and friends. As she got older, mom grew weary of traveling and her children found it hard to fit a long visit to faraway New Zealand into her, to their busy lives. That's why it took Negin eight years to arrange a two-month visa to see mom. In October 2019, the day finally arrived. We headed to Christchurch Airport nice and early. My husband was driving. He'd taken the morning off work to be with us on that important day. 
Our 16-year-old son sat in the front. I sat at the back with mom so we could chat in Farsi. I asked mom how she felt. All she knew, she said, was that she felt in love with the whole world. That's the beauty of true love. It spills over and takes over everything, then becomes everything. More importantly, it leaves no more no room for hate. Thank you. everyone. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Muhammad Hassan. Um, I'm really blessed to be a part of this beautiful anthology in uh, all of its beauty and complications. This is a poem called When They Ask You Where You Are Really From. <laughs> when they ask you where you are really from, tell them. Tell them you are an unrequited pilgrim, two parallel lives that never touch, a whisper or a window to what your country could be if only it opened its arms and took you whole. Tell them about the moon, how she eats at your skin, watches you pray and fast and cry while the world sleeps, how she gives birth to herself and dies and you wish upon her children, how you wander her night, plant cardamom in your friend's eyes, cumin in their teeth, Zatar on their brow, lick the rest off your fingertips. It tastes of visa on entry. <laughs> Heaven with no random checks. Around the iftar table, everyone speaks of politics and God, trans rights and colonialism. We forget that we did not speak the empire's tongue once. So when they ask you why you speak so well for an immigrant, Tell them about your grandmother's laugh, how you never quite knew whether she was story or myth, the upper lip in your conviction or a song ringing in your bones, drifting in through the kitchen window with the fried shrimp and the newspaper voodoo dolls. Tell them how you have always been a voodoo doll, your feet licking the flames, the stovetop eye, a television screen, a news bulletin, an open casket, the needle pushing and pulling through your skin. Every puncture, a question played by an accusation. Every bullet hole, an answer you have to fill with silence, with religion, with Xanax and daytime television. And when the muezzin calls you to pray on the radio, you will wrap your limbs in cotton sheets, walk through the crowd with your hands in your mouth, waiting for the gun. Kyoto. Kia ora koutou, talo falava. My name is Selina Tusitala Mophead Marsh. <laughs> and I'm reading Breaking Up with Captain Cook on our 250th anniversary. <laughs> Dear Jimmy, it's not you, it's me. 
Well, maybe it is you. We've both changed. When I first met you, you you were my change. Well, your ride, the endeavour was, anyway, on my 50-cent coin. Your handsome face was plastered everywhere on money, on stamps, on all my world maps. My teachers spoke so highly of you. You were so Christian. You were second to Jesus. And both of you came to save us. (laughs) But I've changed. We need to see other people, other perspectives, other worldviews. We've grown apart. I need space. We're just at different points in our lives. Compass points, that is. I need to find myself, and I can't do that with you hanging around all the time. Posters, book covers, tea cozies every year, every anniversary. You're a legend. I don't know the real you. Your wife did burn all your personal papers, but that's beside the point. And I don't ever think you've really seen me. You're too wrapped up in discovery. I'm sorry, but there just isn't room in my life for the two of you right now. You and your drama, your possessive colonizing empire. (laughs) We're worlds apart And I just don't want to be in a thing right now. Besides, my friends don't like you. (laughs) And I can't break up with them, so... My name is Esmeranapiri. I'm going to read a poem called Silence Part 2, which is a response to a poem by Kerry Hume, which was called Silence. Um, And this poem was a response to a question from the Māori writer, Rali Habib. Um, The question was, where are your bones? Where are your bones? My bones are inside the house, leaning against the cabinet. It's empty. Where are your bones? My bones are off on a 40-day trip to the desert in hope that it rains. Where are your bones? My bones are in the engines of one million motor vehicles all pumping their best chemicals into the atmosphere. Where are your bones? If you take a right turn after the McDonald's, they'll be in the trough of the meat patties. (laughs) I swear the pigs won't touch them at all. Where are your bones? My bones are drowning inside my bones. 
Where are your bones? Being used by swimming teams to break into the changing rooms. Where are your bones? The clatter, the hit of my bones rings around the stadium. My bones breaking other bones. My bones breaking windows. My bones stealing televisions and radios and all manner of extension cords. Where are your bones? None of them long enough to connect back to my real bones. Where are your bones? Those bones that cut a care, those bones that can stand tall on the but eye, them bones that never dry out, that always know what's up, when it's up. Where are your bones? My bones are eating my other bones, and those other bones just want to go home. My name is Ewan and this is a poem I wrote outside New York's 9-11 memorial just a few months after the March 15 terror attacks. One world sleeps in an apple. You are the red of liberty of ruby frost, the crust of Central Park. You are the wings of flags at half-mast of cultures torn apart. You are the long white cloud of Pacific rose the green of Monty's surprise. You are the Christmas colors in September streets and New York state of mind. You are the mantle, the watercolor squares, history molded in black stone, names in waves of rolling tears, of fallen friends, of frozen fears. One world sleeps in an apple. We are lost in our own city. Dean's air curls of road cones, the fire blight for humanity. These New York Times connect our lives with students striking on streets. You are the yellow taxi exchanging clouds for chambers of memories. One world sleeps in an apple. You are the core between the sea. Synchronized movements of traveling waves. The cocoon unravels and breathes. One world sleeps in, in an apple, remembering our fallen leaves. We hold our hands between two mosques in the city that never sleeps. Thank you. to all our, our writers tonight. This has been fantastic. I also want to really thank Rachel King and her team at Word Christchurch for allowing us to have this launch here. It was something we were working towards and we're really delighted so many of you have come tonight. Now, there are copies of the book for sale right outside and um, I'm sure you'll want some of the writers to sign it. They'll be lurking around. Um, for those of you who are joining us for the reception, I say mysteriously, after this, you need to go out of the doors and turn left, okay? And that's all I can say. Uh, <laughs> before we end, I would actually like our writers to stand up. And if there are any other writers or artists who are in the anthology, if they will come forward, I know they won't because they'll be modest. But if you could stand up here and face the audience, and let's just um, give them our thanks one more time. So there's Hani Kwasi, Gillian Sullivan, Vera Dong, Gazale Goldbach, David Gregory. Donna Miles Mojab, 
Mohammed Hassan, Selena Tusi Talamash, Esther Mehranapiri, Ewan Wong, and everyone else. Come up here, Melanie. Get up here.